Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're revisiting all of those series, reality show series that only had one season. I'm your host, Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us today as we delve deeper into the raging dumpster fire trash pit of humanity that is high society. <laughs> Today's episode is seven, and for some reason it is titled Retail Therapy. Um, yeah, I'm very confused about that. Um, we, we can get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I know that I have some house cleaning for Twitter for us. Okay. All right. Hit me. Um, so Heather, Gloom Cookie, messaged us and said, and I am just now seeing all of these. I Can someone please fucking explain Twitter <laughs> to me? I get alerts from people I don't follow ever. Like, like, I get weird alerts from, like, right-wing Twitters. But the things that I want to see that I have notifications set up for, I'm not getting alerts for. So I don't understand it. Um, but Heather messages and said they're doing a Hills Next Generation reboot for Paramount+. Plus. Mm. Supposedly a diverse cast taking place in Malibu and will be released in 2023. Well, Merry Christmas to us. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and then... Oh, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? Can I quickly disclose that the other day I was trying to get into the holiday spirit, so I decided to watch the Hills episode in season one with Jason and Jordan where they buy a Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now, of course, I pretty much have barreled through the whole thing again, just quick aside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, then we got a tweet from, and I'm going to say this totally wrong, who's that girl, Lexid? It's W-H-O-Z-T-H-A-T. G R L E X I D. Um, okay. And she says, okay, ellipsis. Have you guys done the profile on Jules? Because I too tried to deep dive and find her with little found, semicolon. Only a Reddit discovery led me to her, in quotes, new identity today. <gasps> she doesn't tell us what it is. So you're going to have to tweet us back and let us know like what the new identity do. is. Um, and I, I mean, I will try to find, I'm really bad at searching on Reddit. Like I'm in groups for like house lives and whatever. So have, I'm going to have to look and see if there's a, uh, um, a high society Reddit group, but I need to know the new identity. Me too. So let us know. Retweet us again and let us know. Wow. Yeah. I, well, maybe I'll try and search Reddit now too, because on that, are you all done with Twitter? Yes. I'm just, uh, tweeting her back and saying, tell us everything. Okay, perfect. Yes, I'm done with Twitter. Well, that's a great segue into my house cleaning because I tried yet again to find out anything more on this eviction from the Empire Hotel, the fight in front of the Empire Hotel, and there is nothing. So we need you to come through. We need to know all the things from Reddit. Dabney did date someone named Mark that was in her snob story, Mark Koch, finance guy. But there, that's it. Like, that's the only thing that's ever said is that they dated. So come through with the secret identity. Let's yeah, I, we, we need to know. Yeah, because our next episode is the last one. So yeah. that would be great to end it with some Jules Kirby bombs, to be honest. So other house cleaning is that <laughs> I realized I have not been checking um, our podcast Instagram very much. And then I remembered why I stopped looking at it a while ago. And it was Brody being an anti-vaxxer. It really, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, we, we were both having a rough time with that. Yeah, it was. And, you know, it's just a lot of them like swilling products, you know, like I don't need Audrina to sell me HelloFresh. It's just, just annoying. <laughs> so I stopped looking at it. 
But I decided to, I haven't been sleeping well this week, so I caught up on all of our faves. And here are just some high-level updates from some of the shows. Um, oh, yay. Amy from Gallery Girls went to a holiday party at Mar-a-Lago. Pause oh. for shock. <laughs> I was going to say shocking. Yep. Liz from Gallery Girls is now working for her father's collection in Miami. Also, also shocking. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I bet they still run into each other. I can just feel it. If Amy's still in Florida too, I, I mean, it has to. There's some crossover. Um, Jenny Allende from Mexican Dynasties just had a baby with her fiance. <gasps> what? Yes. What? Yep. Yep. So. I think we knew she was engaged, totally missed the pregnancy. So that's how long I've been on the Instagram. And they just had a baby girl, I believe. I'm still so sad they're not together anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But that was a big one. So we missed that. That was a very big one. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then Heidi and Spencer did get their Us Weekly cover. We were right. That's why it wasn't on the gram. They were holding out with those precious photos of Riker. So they did get an Us Weekly cover. And now the baby all over the place. Um, and Caitlin, Brody's ex-wife, is pregnant with her second with her partner, Chris, and she's having a baby girl. Oh, good for her. Yep. A lot of babies. Yeah, a lot of babies. Yep. But yeah, I felt... <laughs> I couldn't help but like laugh as I was lying in bed in the middle of the night. Like, man, I, I'm behind. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the catch-up. That's exciting. Yeah. And so we are officially out of snob stories. But I decided to do some research and I'm considering this one to be a snub story because of oh. how because of how Paul has spoken about this person as if they are less than. So I'm calling it a snub story. And this episode's snub story is Tommy <gasps> Didario. Okay. And buckle up for this one. <laughs> this um, might this might be my fave. I have a feeling I may know what's coming based on the scenes from the next. Oh, no. No? That okay. Total twist. I did, okay. I did look that up. We can talk about it later. Okay. Um, so Tommy grew up in New Jersey, not far from the city. His mother was an assistant editor at Information Today magazine, and his father owned a landscaping company. Okay. So he graduated from NYU in 2008. He got his bachelor's in communication studies. And he is... Whoa, 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 wait. So if he graduated in 2008 when this was being filmed, he was only like 23? Yeah, or 24. I was young, okay. Yep. Um, and so he refers to himself as sort of like an actor model, of course. And he was apparently in an episode of Broad City. Oh. I, part of me wonders if he was someone at the gym or something where Abby worked. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he appeared in an episode of Broad City. But now, <clears throat> Tommy, handsome as all get out, by the way, much cuter than he is on High Society, in my opinion. He's an entertainment lifestyle reporter and has appeared on The Rachel Ray Show, Extra, and The Today Show. He got married in 2016 to Gio Benitez, who is a oh. correspondent for ABC News. Good no, I know who Gio Benitez, yeah. Yeah, that's his husband. Yeah. Huge, huge glow up for Tommy and his husband. And their wedding announcement was in the New York Times. Well, I guess it also makes sense, too, because he, like, the, the fact that he's now on this show. 
like we were trying to figure out why, but like he obviously went on to work in all kinds of TV and entertainment. So I'm sure he was like, this is my foot in the door to that world. Yeah. So that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. That's really all I have, but I was still just, it gave me a huge thrill to see these two gorgeous men in the New York Times wedding section, <laughs> especially after what Paul says in this episode. Yeah. Ugh. It was, it's a thrill. He looks great. Geo's oh, very I guarantee you, though, Paul is somewhere being like, ah, oh, like, if it wasn't for me, they never would have met because I introduced him to society. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I well, guarantee you he's taking credit for it. Probably. Yeah. But I was thrilled for Tommy. Also, give him a quick Google. He's so cute. So cute. Oh, he looks, well. He looks better with some years on him. Um, And they had a lovely wedding in Miami. Nice. Yeah. Was it so, a half million dollars? It didn't sound like it. Oh, yeah. Um, Paul would not approve. No, we'll get to that. Um, all right, but are we ready for? We I we are ready. It's kind of a, a nothing burger of an episode, but yes, it, we are ready. It is, although it raises. Although a lot. I do, I did come up with some. I do have some fun facts to discuss when we get to them. So I just have a lot of questions. I think <laughs> like I wasn't. I didn't feel really angry this episode, at least. But I had a lot of huh. Um, <laughs> well, my. First question starts with the opener at Riverside Park Tennis Courts, and I want to know why Tinsley is playing tennis at a public court. Yeah, I my my note just says this tennis montage. LOL. Um, she has a decent like swing shot, whatever you want to call it, but it's clearly because it's filmed. Like, it's not. It's a montage. It's not just a scene of her playing tennis. It's just like her jumping and hitting the ball a bunch of different. But also, like, don't you belong to some super fancy tennis club, Miss Upper East Side? Like, you're it's just at the public fucking courts that anyone can go to for free? Yeah. I mean, that's where I would play tennis, is at the public courts where I can go to for free. But I thought if you were Miss Fancy Pants. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but then, of course, this tennis scene is just like a metaphor for the episode about how she's bouncing back and forth between Topper and her new life. <laughs> um, which brings us to the opening scene. It is Thursday. And Tinsley is on her way to Calypso on the Upper East Side, which I guess is either an accessory store or a clothing store that sells accessories. And she is frazzled as hell. Well, I and I, so I looked up Calypso. And okay. there is no more Calypso in New York. There is something called Calypso St. Bart's that is based in New York, but isn't brick and mortar. And it's a 24-hour online store. So... This store either no longer exists or it is now only online and they changed the name, but that I could find like nothing. There were places named Calypso. There was like one in Brooklyn, but it wasn't a clothing. Like there were no clothing stores or accessory stores named Calypso in New York anymore. So weird. Okay. Um, but we see her sort of unloading her bags from the trunk of a car and she's setting them on the ground. She's dropping things and she can't she's focus. Very frazzled. And she keeps saying that she's so frazzled. And um then we it's because she says it's because topper was in her living room at 5 30 in the morning and she says and i was naked which was kind of frightening but it also felt normal also how is topper getting into your apartment right how does topper have a key i don't i don't know I don't I mean, understand. I'm sure it's a doorman building, right? Like, I mean, how did he get into the building? How did he get into her apartment? Like, I have so many questions about that. Yeah. And she says that they've been talking on the phone a lot and Topper is wanting to be with her and fighting to be with her. And she has so many mixed emotions. 
and she keeps thinking she should be single, but maybe she's wrong. I, I, I just, the whole thing about Topper, I found very confusing. I did not understand. Well, my, with my powers of deduction, I think the way that Topper got in is that he's paying for the apartment. I oh, think yeah. it's in his name. Bingo. That's, yes. I believe that. Well, and they still have the same last name. He, yeah. he could have showed up and said, I'm Tinsley's husband. That's correct. Uh, yeah, very possible if the doorman let him in. But but, but I, I have a feeling, I bet that loft is in his name. I bet he's paying the rent on it. And I bet he has a key. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, really, I would be, I would die to know where they are legally with this divorce. It's It's all over the place. So she's meeting with this woman at Calypso to try and get her bags into the store. And she says she didn't even know what she was saying because she couldn't stop thinking about Topper. And this person's name is Anne Hageron, and okay. she is the buyer for the now defunct Calypso. <laughs> and obviously only invited Tinsley in to meet her because she says, she's like, I've seen her on TV. I've seen her in the papers. And I was like, oh, you just like wanted to meet her. I don't yeah. think that store is carrying any of those bags. No. Um, the woman likes the bags though, in the end. Um, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Um, well, I mean, she liked the concept. She's like, I like this, but it just come in another color. I like this, but it needs to be bigger. I, I mean, there was not a single item that she fully liked. Yeah, that's true. But all told, the meeting didn't go that badly. No. Especially given how frazzled Tinsley showed up. Yeah. <laughs> With like just bags flying everywhere. and She almost cried outside. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Um, so then we go to Bloomingdale's. Bloomies. And Tommy is meeting Paul's mother because they are apparently getting serious. Um, I had a hard time paying attention to this scene because of the ridiculously stupid bow tie that Paul is wearing. What was on it or what it looked like? It was red and it was gigantic. He looked like a birthday party clown. <laughs> It was insane. It was like two to three times the size of a normal bow tie. Yeah. I was very taken aback by the setting of this introduction for some reason. So I... You mean it, you don't meet all of your potential... No. You introduce your potential partners no. to your mom in the houseware section of Bloomingdale's? <laughs> no. So it's also... It's the houseware section. It, it seems like it's in the basement. I wouldn't know. I don't think I've ever been to the Bloomingdale's in New York. But you know the um, the Macy's and Metro Center in D.C.? How yeah. the housewares are in the basement? That's what it looked like. Yeah. And someone is eating from a tray of food. I think it's Paul. I didn't even know that Bloomingdale's had a cafeteria or whatever. Well, I mean, a lot of the like high-end department stores in New York, and even in like Barney's had a restaurant. I mean, yeah. actually, the, the Neiman's at Maza, where I work, used to work, like they had a restaurant for a hot minute. So that used to be more of a thing. So I'm sure that Bloomingdale's has like a like has food or had food. Okay. I guess, yeah, this was quite a while ago at this point. Um, so anyway, they're sitting in the houseware section and they're getting to know one another. And all I could see was like the KitchenAid stand mixers behind all of them. <laughs> and I I do like Paul's mom. He is taking her for all she's worth, but I like her. 
and she is very smitten with Tommy and she's she's being a very sweet and supportive mother. She's a little aggressive and going a little too all in on this perfect relationship, but she's she's taken with him and she thinks he's gorgeous and she likes him and anyone who likes my son, of course I adore. Um and she thinks he's perfect for Paul and she asks him what he does and Tommy says, "Well, I model." And she says, "Well, I can see why, dear." And she squeezes his arms. It's kind of cute. My favorite. And I was wondering if this was a dig. And then I, what she says later, turns out it 100% was a dig. She at one point says, I love Tommy for Paul. He's young, youthful, fresh, alive. And I thought, oh, is that a dig? Because Paul usually dates old men. And then later, she full on brings that up and shits all over Paul's 45-year-old, quote unquote, old ex, who is Tinsley's brother-in-law. Yeah. Yep. And according to Paul's mom, discarded people left and right and wasn't a good relationship. And Well, discarded people left and right for his Botox appointments and his appointment at the hairdresser. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. Also, Botox doesn't take very long. It's not like he was, you know, checking no, out I had for days at a time. On Thursday, it took all of six minutes. Yeah. I think you're lucky if you get a 15-minute appointment for it. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, his mom is clearly biased. Um, but I guess they're also talking about how they both want a committed relationship. They're just laying this this romance on very thick now. And then we get a a funny little scene of them walking around the Macy's and now they're looking at clothes. And, you know, his mom continues to be very mom-like when meeting, you know, their child's partner. And Paul actually made a joke that made me laugh. And he said, oh, God, mom, this is like how to lose a guy in 10 seconds. Yeah, that was kind of cute. Um, and then his mom asks Tommy, did you get the gay fashion gene? And Paul actually says, like, mom, that's not that's not appropriate. But Paul telling someone that they're being inappropriate <laughs> is just <laughs> flames. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in a, a little confessional with his mom to end the scene, she's like outside of Bloomingdale's beaming. And she said, if we can't get Anderson Cooper, this guy will do. Like she just clearly, <laughs> she really liked Tommy. Just yay. Um, And then we go to Tinsley's loft and she's putting her housekeeper, Fanny, in the worst possible position yet again. Ever. I hope Fanny makes $200,000 a year. Like, whatever she makes, it's not enough. Yes. She is... <laughs> Tinsley is treating her like therapist. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> she doesn't know what to do about Topper, and she misses him. And, you know, she she's basically asking this woman to predict her future. You know, do you think we'll get back together? And Fanny's kind of, like, smiling and just nodding. Sure. Yes. She's Well, she's and there. also... Her dog apparently broke some giant vase like off oh, the yeah. table and that they were cleaning it up. I don't even know how that would have happened. And yeah, poor Fanny just looks like a deer in headlights. She does not know what to say. I, I, I She desperately looks like she's mentally searching for an eject button to get out of this situation. It is ridiculous. Yeah, it's bad. Um, so then we go back to Paul and his mother and they're at Moda in Midtown. Gone forever. Yeah, figures. Permanently closed. <laughs> Um, so they go out to talk business, according to Paul. And he says he's really serious about this guy. And but what is he serious about doing with the guy? Traveling, getting out of New Jet York. setting. Oh, sorry. He wants to get out of New York with him, you know, go to Stad, go to the Maldives, go to Amsterdam. 
but he needs a disbursement. Yeah. And um, also, I thought that his budget for these trips was very low. He said that he needs sixteen thousand dollars. I was if surprised you were by going that to too. First class travel to all of these places. I think sixteen thousand dollars would cover maybe one trip. Especially because the amount he must spend when he gets to a place. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised I mean, by that too. I mean, I could do it for 16 grand and then some, but easily. But I mean, he's gonna have, well, have to fly first class. He's gonna have to stay at the most expensive resort. He's going to have to buy all kinds of resort while, while he's there. He's gonna do the most expensive dinner. I mean, there's no way. Sixteen thousand dollars will probably last him three days. Right. So then the it becomes blatantly obvious that Paul, to me, that Paul does this to his mother all the time, yeah. right? So we already saw him say he wants to buy an apartment and he wants to, he's trying to convince his mother that he's making like adult life choices, right? So first it was that he wants to own property and he wants to take care of something. So he needed a disbursement. Now it's that he's serious about someone and he wants to really step into the relationship and he needs money to do that. So he also says that Tommy could be the guy and he really wants to get married while he's young. And then he openly admits that he just guilt trips his mother into giving him disbursements and he'll do whatever he has to do to get it. Yeah. Um, and then he says when he gets married, his wedding's going to be at least half a million dollars. And his mother says, I think anyone can have a wonderful wedding for $100,000. And he was like, yeah, only if I go the Star Jones route and have it sponsored. Yeah, who sponsored her wedding? I didn't even get it. Um, it was a big deal at the time when she got married that like literally every, like it was a very branded wedding. Oh, okay. Like everything was branded. Oh, okay. And that is how they paid for it. So I I mean, that at the time it was a very topical reference. But um, I, I think his tactic is I'm going to ask for an amount of money and then talk about a hugely absurd amount of money to seem like the amount of money I asked for the first time doesn't seem so crazy. Yep. Yep. Um, and then he makes a joke and says, it's not funny, but it was funny. And he says, I'm just going to have to Menendez brother you. Yeah. Uh, so he also gives a little speech at the end talking about like, I don't understand. He's like, my family's always like, he's like, she has the money. And they're always like, save, save, save for the family, for the future. He's like, but I say, spend it, spend it, spend it, spend it. If you have it, spend it, enjoy it. I say, live it up. Which is really easy to do if you didn't earn it. <laughs> like, like yeah. if it's just monopoly money to you, it's very easy to say that. If you have zero reference on the value of a dollar, that's a lot easier to do. Yeah. Yeah. So then we go back to Tinsley's loft and she and Dabney are getting ready um, to go to a party. Tinsley is the host. Um, and it, it's not a launch, but it's a party for a vodka company is what she says. I have so many questions about this room. Where in the loft is it? We've never seen it before. Where did this pink cotton candy monstrosity of a dressing room come from? It looks know. like it's bigger than a bedroom. I mean, her closet room probably is. But it's a, I mean, we've seen, I thought most of the lot, like I so badly want to see the floor plan of that loft. I'm so intrigued by it. What if she and Topper have like adjoining apartments there? That would be pretty funny. Um, and this they go to a nightclub. They go to Touch. Touch Midtown, which is closed, but this is where I have some fun stuff. Ooh, okay. So, all right. So I was Googling to see if it was still open. And 
I found this New York Post article from February 24th, 2010. Okay. So this is immediately after they were filming. Yeah. Because it was like right before the show started here. And the headline is, exclusive, New York Liquor Authority shuts down Club Touch. <laughs> Club Touch, a popular Midtown nightclub that's given NYPD cops fits due to its allegedly chronic overcrowding, underage drinking, drug use, aggressive bouncers, and random acts of violence has finally been shuttered by the state liquor authority. The club, which has hosted Fashion Week parties as well as premiere gala for the show The Real Housewives of New York City, was cited with 21 separate SLA violations where no fewer than 19 violent fights and or, electivity, and or illegal activities erupted since December 2008. The, the violations include four alcohol sales to minors, 12 assaults, employment of an unlicensed bouncer, um, oh, why is this being, failing to supervise. Um, four assaults involve bouncers getting rough with club patrons. Club Touch owner Mohammed Nizeki vehemently denied the charges. We're being yes. persecuted simply for being a nightclub. Um, okay. So that was where uh, Tinsley's that was where Tinsley's crazy party was, where she was the hostess. Gross. At a virtual underage shit show crap fest. It's gross. Yeah. But after, I mean, the club must have closed almost immediately after they filmed this. Yeah. After reading about her father, too, I mean, that is not to say that Tinsley is her father, but her being the host of a vodka party just it hit a little different after reading about her dad. Well, I mean, we there's a lot of speculation that she herself is an alcoholic, so... Well, and at this point, too, she was trying to, I'm sure, make her own money to get out from under Topper's thumb. So, yeah. but, you know, it just, it made me, it made me sad. Um, also, we'll get to what else made me sad when we talk about Dale a little bit, too. Like, sad in, like, a nice way, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, also, Tinsley and Dabney decided to look like twins at this party. That's what Tinsley says. And they're wearing dresses that do look very similar. And they're by a designer named JR. She She points that out. Um, and then Constantine from American Idol comes over to their area and he says he sees her name in the papers and, you know, they're really, they're flirting very quickly. Um, yeah. and he asks if she's still married and she says, I'm in the middle of a situation, but no. Interesting. And I, my note says Tinsley must be shit faced because he is not cute. He's not. No. He's he's not. He might have an amazing voice and he might have a stage presence when you meet him, but he is he's not attractive to me. But I don't think Tinsley's jam is attractive dudes. I mean, look at Scott from The Housewives. He wasn't cute. That's true. It's a good point. And I think that her MO going forward, and maybe with this is I mean, she likes power, she likes money, and she likes celebrity. And so Constantine can give her celebrity. And I also think that she has discovered, probably maybe after Kazi, that it gives her a lot of power to be the prettier one in the relationship. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people who like that. Yeah. That's true. Um, so he says that she should come to his show, Rock of Ages. And she, in her confessional, has a little back and forth, but then decides she should go on the date because she's not getting any younger. And do we think this is all a producer-driven thing to put in an ad for Rock of Ages? Do you think this was worked out between the producers of Rock of Ages and the producers of this show? Maybe. But didn't Tinsley actually date him for a while? Or was yeah, that I think just... she, no, I think she did, actually. I also meant to tell you, I found an article about, you know, the hottie she went on a date with in, like, episode two? The, yeah. 
She apparently dated him for like six weeks too. Oh, she did? The one that has the workout company now? Yeah. They they went to Palm Beach together anyway, and they were photographed there. So I don't right. dated had a fling whatever, um, and he was hot. So he was really hot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe she just this was her dating around phase. Part of me wonders too if it was her make topper jealous phase by dating people that would get her in the paper. I don't. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. If Constantine wasn't a TV personality and on Broadway, she would not have looked at him twice. Very true. Very true. I was surprised I got, I'll say that. So then it is Friday and Dale is in a Bentley limo headed to Teterboro airport to pick up her date. Jersey. Yeah, but it's because he's flying private. So I'm sure she'll allow it. She'll allow a trip to Jersey for that. Um, And so we hear again about her new dating service that they really vet the men and we meet Chris. And I liked Chris. <laughs> I liked Chris too. Chris is from Milwaukee. He flew in on his private plane. Chris is the nicest man on the show. He, yep. of course, way to charm Dale right off the bat because she is a Southern lady from Richmond. And he brought her Virginia wine and he br- he brings her flowers. And he said, I tried very hard to get Virginia dogwoods, which I'm sure is the state flower of Virginia. But I just, I thought it was such a sweet gesture. I liked it right off the bat. So they're drinking wine in the limo. He's telling her about Milwaukee. She asks if there are a lot of cows. <laughs> um, and he says, it's a great town. There's a lot of like immigrant culture there. You know, a lot of Germans, a lot of Irish. And she says, I don't care much for Germans. <laughs> and he says, well, I'm German. They have a nice laugh about it. They do the carriage ride in Central Park. And they hold hands. He takes her hand as they're walking around the park. And I can see where Tinsley gets her flirt from. I will say that to watch two scenes back to back of Tinsley and her mother flirting with men. I was like, Oh, there. Um, but they seem to have genuinely nice chemistry and they, they have a pretty steamy kiss uh, in central park. I, um, I thought it was funny because during this, we get a confessional with Tinsley where she calls her mother a dork. She's like, Oh, I'm sure she's acting like a dork. And I'm like, pot kettle. Like, yeah. But then later she refers to herself as a dork. So I was like, okay, at least you were recognizing it. Um, but yeah, I think that, um, they should have put sandbags in that park because I'm sure Dale flooded it during that kiss because she was ready to go. She said it was like the best date ever. She said day. She actually said the day. Oh, she said she, day? She said, I haven't had a day this great in so long or something like that. That's the part that sort of like, I was thinking back to probably how long it had been between her last great day with Tinsley's dad and this. And I was like, oh, Dale. But she she seemed very smitten and happy. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I thought it was really sweet. <laughs> I don't think we'll see Chris ever again, but in my mind... I can guarantee you we will not. Yeah. In my mind, they hit it off and they had a tryst. So then we get to see Tinsley acting like a big dork around the Oh, yes, we do. I could hardly watch. I would rather watch Dale's date 10 times than watch the scene of Tinsley. She goes to see Rock of Ages at the Brooks Atkinson Theater. And... You know, Constantine gave her a pretty good seat, of course, to watch the show. And she says she flip-flops all the time. I wrote that down. I'm guessing she was referring to being single or dating or being with Topper. Because that was the theme of the episode. But I don't know what she was talking about. She was talking about Topper. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually liked her outfit for this show. I thought she tried to get a little bit rock and roll with it, which I thought was kind of cute. You know, she's going out with low rent Chris Angel. She's trying to wear black. <laughs> um, so after the show, she goes to his dressing room and this is where it didn't feel like chemistry and it felt fake. But at the same time, they're still flirting with one another. So then I got really confused and I couldn't tell. So he says it's hot in his dressing room, but maybe that's just you, Tinsley. Blech. And then she asks if she can use some of his makeup to touch up her own, which, ew. That, I was like, first of all, who goes backstage after play and asks to borrow theatrical stage makeup, stage yes. makeup, to put on your face after you professionally, I'm sure, had your makeup done before this date? And stage makeup is probably so strong and so gross and he probably touches it up in between like at intermission and stuff it's probably so sweaty and full of bacteria it but to be fair i also don't think she then did it no we no. never saw her do it like she just kind of sat and, and wouldn't you have your own makeup in your purse like to touch yeah. yourself up throughout the evening i don't the whole thing was nonsensical yeah, and then she says she felt like a little girl and giddy, which that explains why she's behaving the way she is. And then they sing together, but we don't have to hear it, right? No. Thank God. <laughs> um, and they leave through the stage door, and he's, like, signing some autographs as they leave the theater. And, and she then... is creaming her <laughs> jeans to be standing next to this guy that women are falling yeah. over and begging for an autograph. Yeah. She is literally vibrating with happiness. Yes. Um, and then, you know, they go to dinner and they do seem like they're having a good time, to be honest. Um, and they didn't say which restaurant. I, I, I know. remember like five times. They never like know nothing. So I don't know where they went. No. Um, and so as they're leaving, they said they had a good time. He wants to see her again. And he can't believe she came. And they go in for the kiss and they get into the car and they, they look like they're they're making out. Yeah. I'm sure there was a little Audrina style finger bang action on the <laughs> way home. Yeah. My rewatch of the Hills has been, it, it, I don't get tired of it. <laughs> I will say, I don't think it makes me fall more in love with it. Every time I watch it, I think it does the opposite. <clears throat> um, so yeah, two successful dates for the Mortimer ladies. Mercer ladies, I guess. Um, so then it is Monday and we see Paul go to Stubbs and Wooten. Um, and this is where you and I have a connection to Stubbs and Wooten. <laughs> that is in my notes because I wanted to verify that that was correct. Okay. It is 100% um, correct. And what is our connection to Stubbs and Wooten? We have a friend who I think they are the only shoes that touch his feet. 100%. Yeah, he the the only shoes that he wears. He yes. has an obscene number of pairs. And for those of you who don't know, these are high-end velvety slipper shoes. Um, and they're even listed as slippers that you can wear in the house or out and about. And I believe they start at $500 and go up from there. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're insanely expensive. Oh, that changes so many, so many things. Yep. Well, we saw a pair just nights ago. Yes. Um, not my favorite ones, but <laughs> anyway. So Paul is getting ready to go to the guest of a guest party, and he calls to invite Tommy to go with him. And 
he's he's all in on this relationship and trying to sell it. And I'm convinced that it's just because he's convincing his mother of that because he wants money. Yeah. But he says it's their chance to go out as a couple and look cute. Great. What I also don't, I mean, again, none of this makes sense because it's not real. But what really doesn't make sense about this is that their one and only fight was over Paul treating Tommy like a piece of meat at a club. Like yep. not paying enough attention to him and using him only as arm candy and like a show pony. And now so Paul's response to that is, I'm going to take you to the biggest social event of the year and do the same thing, but on a much grander scale. Yep. Yep. 100%. And then we see Tinsley getting ready at her loft and she's looking at another Marquesa pink nightmare. With her stylist, PJ Pascal. Yeah. I mean, she clearly had a stylist this whole time. Um, so then we go to the guest of a guest party in the meatpacking district. And Which, by the way, on a Monday, excuse me, guest of the guest, like you couldn't even do a Thursday, a Monday party. Well, so I also, oh, I learned that at the end, but it apparently it was just them celebrating the redesign of their website. So it wasn't even oh. like their big party. It was just like a, a one-off thing. Gotcha. Um, and to be fair, this you know, Tinsley calls it a social gossipy website. I don't think it had the biggest following. Like maybe these people read it for gossip, but I don't. I literally had never heard of it until we started covering this show. And like yeah. back then I was reading all of the gossip online things. Like, so yeah, I, it, I think it must've been very New York specific and didn't it, like make it much past. It was. And I wonder if the people behind guest of a guest were somehow involved in this show too. And there was some handholding because they talk, they talk about it a lot. And like these, like where I found a lot of information on the various people on this show was on guest of a guest. And so I feel like there's something close to home happening there. So anyway, they're in the meat packing and Paul is talking about how this is Tommy's debut. Barf. This basement bar in the meatpacking district on a Monday is Tommy's debut. He's cute enough. He deserves better. So then he tells a story of how they met at Apotheke the night he almost got arrested. It's a charming story. Um, and well, I guess since the online website wrote about it, he might as well bring it up at the party. I mean, and that's the other thing. This website has shit over all over all of you. Like, why are you going to their party? Yeah. Like um, him, Devorah, Tinsley, it's shit on all of them. I know. But they love to be written about. Yeah. Not not being written about is much worse yeah. to them. So then Devorah shows up. And I actually like Devorah's dress. Um, short and sparkly. Paul says she has witch hands. Yeah. <laughs> like long spindly fingers. Um, and he says she needs some flying monkeys. <laughs> so then Tinsley sees Devorah from the bar. And they sort of do this like cat fight thing where they're circling each other. And then Tinsley says she's had enough and she's going to call her out. And they're going to have a one-on-one. -on -one. And, oh no, Devorah says we can talk about it one-on-one. -on -one because Tinsley swarms her with her mom, who she invited for emotional support, by the way. And Devorah says we can talk one-on-one. -on -one. And Tinsley says that's not possible when you go to New York Magazine. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. Yep. Um, so then in scenes from the next, oh my. Well, and I looked it up because I was like, is the next episode a double episode? Because it's the final one. And the scenes made it look like it is nonstop drama. I don't know. I mean, it, I, I'm hoping this is going to be the most exciting 20 minutes of television I've ever watched. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, so there's apparently a cat fight. We see Tinsley crying. There is something about Paul and a porn star. 
we hear about that. There are breakups, revelations, someone's making fun of Devorah, and then there's just a lot of yelling. And for some reason, these scenes from the next had a voiceover. Did you catch yeah. that? For yeah. the first time. Yeah, and it was like all of the drama. That It was very weird. And the voice was very wrong for this show. Yeah. It sounded like an old man. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I did look into the Paul porn star thing. I thought um, it was going to be that Paul was a porn star or had done porn. Or that Tommy was, you mean? I'm sorry, Tommy, Tommy, not Paul. Tommy, I mean Tommy. Well, I can proudly say it is not Tommy. Okay. <laughs> my my boyfriend, Tommy, it's not him. But anyway, that's episode seven. Next one is the last one. It's the last one. And we won't be coming, to, you won't be hearing the next one until after the new year. So we want to wish everyone a lovely holiday season, no matter what holiday you celebrate. And an amazing new year. And we'll be coming back to you in 2023. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at One Hit Pod. You can email us at franklymarebee at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at Hey It's Mare B. Please remember to rate and subscribe and have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.